Welcome to Wisconsin DNR's Wild Wisconsin Off the Record Podcast. Information straight from the source. Welcome back to another episode of Wild Wisconsin Off the Record. I'm your host, DNR's Digital Media Coordinator, Katie Grant. Wisconsin has over 700 miles of Great Lakes shoreline, so it's no wonder that we have a storied history with lighthouses. In fact, there are more than 50 of them throughout the state, many dating back to the 1800s. While GPS certainly has its place in the maritime world these days, many of these lighthouses are still functioning and serving a purpose today. These historical icons are the cover story of the latest issue of Wisconsin Natural Resources magazine. When we read the story about two retired DNR employees who help educate the public about Wisconsin's rich lighthouse history, we knew they had to come on the podcast. I traveled to Peninsula State Park to tour Eagle Bluff Lighthouse with Ed and Sandy Miller and learn a little more about its history. Located in Door County between Fish Creek and Ephraim, this lighthouse stands on a bluff and not only aids boats in the summer, but also helps cross-country skiers, snowmobilers, and ice fishers find their way in the winter when the ice is frozen. Why we're here, um, our manager likes to say that there's always a situation for a lighthouse. And for us, it's those islands that we can't even see today, but they are, um, about three miles out, and it's all part of a shoal that's out there. And so we're here to warn the sailors that they're coming into a very treacherous part of the bay here that we want them to be right in front of us. And this is called the Strawberry Channel. It's about 40 feet deep, and the ships will be able to sail straight through here. Um, They're this close to shore because they are docking either at Ephraim or Fish Creek. And they're dropping off people settling Fish Creek or Door County and then uh, they're gonna load up with things we're exporting for Door County, the lumber, the stone, and the fish. And then they're heading back down to Chicago and Milwaukee for the most part. How many, it's it's still functioning lighthouse today? Yes, it's a functioning lighthouse. We're 151 years old. We've been operating a light for 151 years. So on our lantern deck, We have the lantern room that still has a fifth order Fresnel lens in it. That is not operating. We're using the small black box on the railing. And it's a solar light uh, put up there by the Coast Guard about two years ago. And our light blinks currently about one second on, six seconds off. That's our signal that identifies us as Eagle Bluff Lighthouse. Uh, In the day of a lightkeeper, it was a constant white light. Uh, today we're a blinking light. The other difference is the light keepers would only be here when the bay is um, clear of ice. So it had been spring through late fall into winter. Uh, today we leave that light burn all year round because we've got snowmobilers, cross-country skiers, um, ice fishermen that are on the water. They're using that light to come back to shore. Okay, so it does completely freeze over here? It Yes, it does. How many boats per season do you think come through on average? We don't have that data here for Eagle Bluff, but for Cana Island, for one season, the lightkeeper noted about 4,000 ships moving in front of their lighthouse. So people are always surprised to hear such a large number, but this was the highway. 
back in the 1800s. So we didn't have roads in Door County. If you wanted to move commerce or people, you did it by water. And so these jobs were extremely important because all the commerce on the Great Lakes depended on these jobs. Right. Right. So, yeah. You guys are both retired from the DNR. Yep. Which is awesome. Um, and you've been volunteering here as tour guides ever since. How did you guys get involved in that? Well, actually, we're employees of the, of the Door County um, Historical Society okay. here. Um, well, um, after about six months of being retired, he kind of wanted to do something again. <laughs> and so uh, there was this article in the paper looking for tour guides, and it just sounded like a neat opportunity. And so uh, it was a fun job. It's a way to educate people about history of Door County, um, but also a little bit about nature of the park. So eagles flying over, pelicans flying over, um, you know, different things that are going on in the area is always something that we're, we're interested in trying to educate people about. So, yeah. What is your favorite part of working here? I guess talking to all the different people you see. Uh, you meet so many different people, and I guess what I really like is you meet descendants from the lighthouse keepers, from the Duclans. There are a couple of times I've had some people come through, and it's like, you just find out, find out great history of the family that things maybe you didn't know. Right, right. William Duclan would have lived here uh, between 1883 and 1918. Does that sound right? Are my notes correct? That, that's correct. Okay. <laughs> they, lived, they lived here year-round. The only time they didn't was maybe a couple years before he was, he, they were, he was ready to tire. They bought a small house in Fish Creek and lived there in the winters and came back here and worked the final, uh, their final seasons until they retired. Okay. So he and his big family, they all lived here. What would it have been like living here back then? Well, it really wasn't lonely because Fish Creek and Ephraim are about three miles each direction. So it was considered a social lighthouse. People came and visited all the time. And actually, if they came later in the afternoon, there's a guest bedroom in the lighthouse. Their friends would have stayed overnight. Uh, living here, well, the uh, lighthouse keepers got food from the lighthouse service supplied a certain ration of food for keepers. But that was based on one keeper, not a keeper that had seven sons. So they had a big garden, the boys hunted and they fished. A lot of the boys actually went into, well, they went into careers related to the water. Some worked on boats, some were commercial fishermen. And uh, so Mrs. Duclan was in charge of the garden, but she had the boys working in the gardens and uh, they, they just did, had, I would think, a great time living at this lighthouse. Yeah. So as we can see, our listeners can't see this, but you kind of have a fun additional role getting to wear the Lighthouse Keeper uniform. How does that kind of change how you interact with, with visitors? I guess there's a special feel when, when I put the uniform on. I got it to, to start. We had a thing called the uh, Natural Christmas at the Ridges Sanctuary. And we would have the rear range light open for tours. And uh, I thought, well, it kind of be neat to be dressed up as a lighthouse keeper. I knew these uniforms were available, so got one. And then the person that was managing the lighthouse here uh, back a few years ago said, well, you've got that uniform. You want to come over and do special events for us? And then the following season, we got a new manager. And she says, how'd you like to do tours and work uh, for the Historical Society? So it all started, and uh, it just... Uh, it's, there's a special feeling working in a building that was built in 1868 and knowing all the keepers that, well, we had three keepers that were here and portraying one of those keepers. 
it, I mean, as we were walking over here, someone said, who, who is that? Who, who is that guy? I know. It's people see it's like they kind of look at you. And I explain, well, this is the uniform lighthouse keepers were put into back when they, they actually had the, in the instructions to keepers. They were required to give tours to the lighthouse to anybody that wanted to come and see their lighthouse as long as it didn't interfere with their duties. So back in, uh, back in William Duclan's time, he was giving tours of the lighthouse. All right. So, Sandy, you know, as we pulled up here, we had this whole tour bus of people waiting for us. People come here from near and far to see the lighthouse. What's the most memorable story about a visiting group or tour event that you can recall? Well, um, it was the gentleman that came here from Germany. Um, He just came to the door one day and said, you know, I'd love to have a tour 10 o'clock in the morning. He was the only one on the Sunday tour that I gave. And uh, definitely an accent there. Uh, so I asked him, where are you from? He says, Germany. And uh, kind of taken aback because <laughs> he was there alone. He didn't have a family with him or anything. I uh, says, you know, what brings you to Wisconsin? And he said he was at the Packer game at Lambeau Field the day before. And he was going to stop here, do a tour of the lighthouse. And then he was catching the flight to go back to Germany. So uh, it was a very quick trip for him. But uh, he was very interested in lighthouses. Um, he was, spoke good English. And we were able to communicate through the uh, tour. So it worked really well. Yeah. Yeah. Is the lighthouse haunted? No, it it's not really. Uh, the <laughs> We we don't have any ghosts here. Some some say they do. Um, Sherwood Point Lighthouse down on the Ship Canal is supposedly haunted. Um, people have heard, said stories about hearing uh, the uh, somebody doing dishes at night when they left their dirty dishes here. Um, so sorry to say, no ghosts here. No, no ghost stories. Nothing nothing weird and crazy. Well, you don't have anything that you've seen. We we don't. But the Dork the Dork County. Uh, trolley company does tours and they like to bring in some haunted things about the lighthouses and there was actually a lighthouse keeper sam hansen lived out on uh, chambers island and it was it was april they lived there year round well his son came across the ice to get the mail with another boy fell through the ice the other boy made it but sam's boy didn't and possibly maybe his ghost is around here there's a story about a park ranger that's has seen a a young boy running through the woods and um we we don't know It, it could very well be right right okay so coming up in october is door county's fall lighthouse festival what does that mean for you guys here at eagle bluff in terms of extra visitors or any special tour offerings Uh, What we do here um, is we will have twilight tours here. So we open up the lighthouse uh, and we put, we don't have electricity in the house. So we use battery operated lanterns that we space throughout the house. And we have storytellers here and uh, musicians and, and just try to recreate that atmosphere of what it would have been like here at night. It's, uh, it's kind of cool. It's a great uh, way to see the sunset over the water for one thing uh, but there's been a couple times where it is really windy here on the bluff and you just hear that wind howling in the tower and it gives you a good sense as the doors are slamming with the drafts and everything of what it would have been like to live in this house. The, the boys that lived here, yeah. the, the Duclans, they were all homeschooled by their mother. There's a piano in the lighthouse this very day that belonged to Julia Duclan. Well she taught all the boys how to play the piano. And they had the Duclan Orchestra. They go around and play at weddings and dances, masquerade balls, parties. But one of my favorite stories is 
over at the Bailey's Harbor Range Lights, there was a keeper by the name of Henry Gaddy that lived there. He was single when he got here in 1896, so he had a good paying job, $600 a year, and he came with a house. All the single girls in Bailey's Harbor <laughs> were interested in Henry. Well, Henry, we were lucky because his logbook ended up at the National Archives, and he's got an entry in there in February of 1901. He says, my wedding day at 4 p.m., but even more inter interesting is that there's a story in the Door County Advocate that came out after that that the Duclan Orchestra played at Henry and Eve's wedding. The merriment went on well into the following morning, and people had such a good time they thought, wouldn't it be grand if Henry and Eve would get married once a week? So we have that connection with other lighthouse keepers. Yeah, yeah. It's not just it's not just the family here. It kind of is all of Door County. It's all of Door County. It was maybe lonelier living on a lighthouse on an island, but not necessarily so because usually they had assistant keepers. The quarters for the uh, keepers were built for two families, so they would have assistant keepers on the islands. And then once the uh, the bay froze over or the harbor froze over, they would move the keepers. They, they, they shut down the light for the season, move to the mainland, and then go back in the spring when they relit the light for the next navigation season. What's your favorite season here? at the bluff and why the favorite season summer's always nice it seems sad to see it come to end because you know well, we start with spring the lilac bushes are really beautiful here monarchs flying all over and dragonflies in the summertime but fall is probably the the the, the, the nicest season if it when it lasts long enough it's a great season the park is so beautiful with all the leaves in the park the the reds of the maples and uh, we get a few more visitors maybe in fall that uh, appreciate that too what about for you? It's definitely fall. Like Ed said, the drive-in is beautiful. The sun is out and the trees are just lit up in color. But uh, there's just this crispness in the air and um, it's a little bit quieter than the busy summer season and people that are here really want to know about the lighthouse. So, Right, right. So apart from the lighthouse, which is, I'm assuming, maybe your favorite thing altogether here at Peninsula, what is your, what else is your favorite thing about Peninsula State Park? Well, we just have great memories of the old tower, and it was deemed to be unsafe, so they're in the process of rebuilding that. So that was one of the, the lighthouse and the tower are probably the feature attractions of the park. It's always fun to go in and out and see when you're coming in to work in the morning and seeing golfers out on the golf course. It's just, it's, the park is just such a great place to be. And actually going back, when the park first came to be, um, my dad's side of the family's from up here. Actually, had uh, his uncle had a had a 120-acre farm in the park, and they the park bought that. They stayed there and eventually moved out. But it's to have those you know family ties to this park is it's meaningful. That is very cool. What about for you? Um, one of our favorite trails in this park is the Eagle Terrace Trail. Uh, where you get to walk from up on top of the escarpment and you walk down towards the water and it's it's a uh, it's a gorgeous trail to walk especially in springtime when all the water is draining off of the rock and everything and there's a lot of moss and uh, ferns and everything growing it's it's a neat place yeah yeah there's a boat going by now just a little one though it's kind of fun because there's a boat, that, a sailboat, the Edith Becker. It's a really big sailboat that comes out of Sister Bay. And usually when they get to this point and start turning around, they do a cannon salute here. And you get used to it after a while, but sometimes they still jump in, especially visitors. It's like, what was that? Surprises you a little bit. It does. So what would a day in the life of a lightkeeper have looked like? Well, let's see. He'd start out the day, uh, he'd be tending the light all night. And his main job was 
people always think, well, you have to keep adding fuel to the lamp. Well, that, the lamps were sized generally to get them through the night. He was adjusting the wick every two, three hours, adjusting it and trimming it so he didn't get a smoky flame and soot up his lenses. Actually, Lighthouse Keepers, a nickname for Lighthouse Keepers was Wickies because of, of that keeping the, the wick uh, adjusted. So uh, by 10 o'clock the, the, in the morning, he had to have the light ready to go for the following night. So that meant having the lens sparkling clean, the windows inside clean, the lamp fueled and ready to go so that maybe a half hour before sunset, he'd light the light for the night. Again, being up tending that wick. And uh, that would go through about uh, a half hour past sunrise when he turned the light off and started his next day. But he also was responsible for maintenance, all the maintenance that had to be done on the grounds. And uh, hunting and fishing with the boys, uh, maybe going out with the Duclan Orchestra every once in a while. Uh, it, it, it had to be, I think it would be a really neat life to have lived here and been a lighthouse keeper here. A lot different than it would be now. A lot different than now. Um, our lighthouse is, uh, we never had ele electricity at this lighthouse, and we still don't to this day. So I guess we're period authentic when it comes to that. And again, being an active lighthouse for 151 years, uh, it's just uh, a, a real treasure. Some people say, I've heard it said that uh, we don't have castles, but lighthouses are our castles. I like that. I like that. that that's good. Somewhere, and I'm not really sure where I saw it, but that, that's not for me. Somebody else had said that. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you convince a younger audience that maybe thinks lighthouses are kind of silly because we have all this modern technology? How do you convince them to be interested in something like this? Well, um, I, you, you got to pull them into history somehow and just have them understand how things have changed over the years. So when we get inside, you'll see a little mouse trap that we have uh, that catches the kids' interests or a lot of times the parents will also really get involved or the grandparents get involved about, oh yeah, you know, this is what I used when I was a kid to do such and such, or just try to help visualize um, whatever that event would have been or, or item would have been for the, for the younger generation to understand what was going on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like that because yeah. when, when, the, uh, when this lighthouse was restored by the Door County Historical Society in 1960, they were looking for a, a restoration project in the park says, why don't you do the lighthouse? So what made that successful is that Walter Duclan, the youngest of the Duclan boys, he was 80 years old at the time, lived in Green Bay. He saw a newspaper story about this. He showed up here one day and he said, what can I do to help? So it's furnished because that's what how Walter remembered. He said, you need this and this and this is where it goes. And there are Duclan family artifacts that came here because of that. And the stories he told, one of them is that the, it was the boy's job. And inside we have a yoke that their father carved that went around their neck and over their shoulders because we're 33 feet above the water here. The boy's job was to carry water up a stairway almost like a ladder, to get their drinking water. And uh, Walter started to do that when he was eight years old. So a lot of times I'll point that out to the little kids. I'll ask, well, anybody here close to eight years old, somebody put their hand up, well, you would have been carrying water up the bluff by now. And they go, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little alarming to think about, but how else would you have gotten the water up here? And that went on to about the late 1890s until where the, where the pump is over there. They, they, they did eventually dig a well, and um, then the boys didn't have to carry water up the bluff anymore. Right, right. When did the light itself stop being used and the solar little light that you guys have here start being used? Let's see. 
The first fuel they used here was lard. That went on until about 1882, then they went to kerosene. In 1926, they automated it with acetylene gas, had a special lamp, a special valve that would turn it on and off automatically. 1960, by that point, the Coast Guard was in charge of lighthouses. They put a battery-operated light up there, upgraded it over time with solar panels until a couple of years ago they put that new light up there. So the uh, last time that the, probably 1960, was when the lens inside the lantern room was lit with that uh, acetylene burner. So when you guys aren't working, what are your favorite things to do around here? Well, we volunteer at the Ridges Sanctuary. Uh, that's one thing we do. Uh, otherwise, anything to get me outside, be it hiking or biking or working in the garden. Um, that's a lot of stuff that I like to spend my time at. Yeah. We have three strictly indoor cats that keep us company, and then Sandy's got a dozen chickens outside, so we get our eggs from them and look after the chickens and, uh, and just uh, doing things outside. What are your other favorite lighthouses in Wisconsin or even just around the country? Okay. Um, well, here, because it kind of started out, I, I was I was a board member at the Ridges Sanctuary, and one of my projects was overseeing the restoration back in about 2012-13 of the uh, front range light over there. Range lights are lighthouses that guided ships safely into Bailey's Harbor. And then when the Ridges built the new nature center in 2015, we got to restore the rear range lights. So I, I was kind of oversaw the restoration projects. Sandy schedules the volunteers over there because we do do tours there. And uh, kind of that's, I consider that my home base lighthouse. This is a great lighthouse. Cana Island is the kind of the iconic lighthouse up here. Uh, it's interesting because the water level being so high on the lake, they've got a tractor that pulls a hay wagon across the causeway to get their visitors across. And there are a lot of other great lighthouses around. I mean, there there were eight built like ours as total, uh, six like the range lights. So just like looking at the history of these other lighthouses. Thanks again to Adam Sandy Miller. Get stories like this about Wisconsin in your mailbox every season by subscribing to Wisconsin Natural Resources Magazine. Have a question you'd like to have answered on a future episode? Send an email to dnrpodcast at wisconsin.gov. Thanks for listening.